0: There comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades and test scores. What is your purpose? as we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello and welcome as we spend some more time together on the Learning on Fire podcast. Today I'm talking to Jonathan Oakes. Hi Jonathan, thanks for joining me and let's explore the journey of who you are.
1: Hey Mark, it's great to be here.
0: Can you give us um, a little bit of background about who you are and and what you're currently doing
1: in your life? Uh, Well, I am a 41-year-old person in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, in my day job, I'm an IT manager, and my every other waking moment, (laughs) every other waking moment, I'm a podcaster. I run the uh, trivia game show called Trivial Warfare we are one of the largest trivia podcasts in the world and we have a ton of fun every week putting on trivia games.
0: And I'm really interested to to, to, to dive into this almost straight away in terms of you know this podcast is about you know what we've learned and, and also following our our dreams and our heart in terms of what we do so tell us a little bit about that sort of relationship between your day job which is obviously something I, th- I assume that's something that you enjoy doing I know something that you're interested in as opposed to having this sort of passion for the podcast that you obviously then went into set up
1: yeah it's a it's a fun thing to think about. So something that I've found over time as I've gone through my career is that there are there are people who put their heart and passion into their day job, right? Into their, a lot of times, a corporate kind of job, whether it's teaching or being a business person or an investor or whatever it is. And putting your heart into a job is marvelous. It's a great way to, to succeed, but it's also a great way to really um, live and die with a business that you don't control, right? And so I have found as I get older and especially especially as I started the show, I was always kind of searching for more. Uh, as I started the show and we started to grow it, I found that I was really engaging all of my passion and my heart in the work that I was producing with the show. And so now in my relationship with my job, which is fine, it it pays the bills and it's a good job. I'm glad to have it. Uh, and I, I do good work, but when I get home, I kind of leave the job at the job and I don't have my whole heart in that job as much as, as much as I do great work because that's a company that's doing their best for them. And now I've learned about doing my best for me, which doesn't have to be wrapped up in a company. Uh, and so that's a, a really powerful thing that I've learned over the last couple of years.
0: And I think for the, for the people listening is the fact that there are people who are literally living their dream every second of every day. But there, are, there is also the reality that sometimes there's a shift, isn't there, from, from one way of being to the other, you know. For those listening who are still at school, for example, you know, you can't suddenly say, I'm now not going to go to school because I want to go and explore X, Y or Z because actually legally you have to go to school or, or you need to be homeschooled. There needs to be some kind of structure in there. So it's, it's, it's being aware, I think, of those things that you do have in your life which you need to do or you have obligations or maybe it's a job but then actually like you said spending that time spending that energy actually on the things that you do love and then allowing those start to either start to merge or they start to separate in a way where you can actually focus your time exactly where you want it to be
1: I hundred percent agree and and just to to put a finer point on it I, I could not do what I'm doing with the show if I hadn't developed through my career in business who I am and, and who I've become over time has been, has been honed or if, if, it has been sharpened uh, through my time in the business world. And even before that, when I was younger and I was trying to break into radio, uh, I wanted to be a broadcaster. You know. I wanted to do all these great things and be in front of cameras, et cetera. And so that wasn't a successful endeavor, but I learned so many things from it that i could not be successful at what i'm doing now if i hadn't gone through those experiences and so uh trying to jump straight to the end game of something without putting in the time or work is never is never going to be a successful strategy
0: yeah i mean being being accepting of where you are if it's the your ideal place, or even if you feel like you're working towards it, or even if it's difficult, I think you're right. I think actually accepting where you are and knowing it's actually part of the overall fabric of, of being able to fulfil what it is that you want to do is a really key thing to take away. So yeah, thanks so much for that. I think that's really, really important. Um, what does your life look like now? And how is it different from when you were growing up? And that may well be sort of location based, or, or it might just be, you know, from a financial point of view, or I mean, what what is different? And, and what do you notice about it?
1: You know, the thing that strikes me every day is the difference in my uh, social life and outlook on the world. And this is all something that's kind of shifted more in the last 10 years and even more in the last three years than previously. So in my young life, uh, I I was a... A nerd who wanted to try and fit in and not be a nerd, right? I didn't I didn't want to be the dork. I didn't want to be the kid who was overly smart but didn't have any friends. And unfortunately for me, I couldn't break out of that mold. I had a terrible childhood. Uh, I did not have a lot of friends. I didn't go to parties. I didn't get invited anywhere and none of that. And so that was my experience growing up. And then that kind of experience in your early formative years let me not generalize that kind of experience in my formative years, uh, led me to be an angry person. And so I, I'm kind of a rebellious person at, at heart. That's my nature is to challenge things. Uh, and so for me, I was a, a person in my twenties where, okay, if society rejects me or if people reject me, then I'm going to actively reject them. And I became a much more angry person that, that nobody wanted to be around. And I liked it that way. So that was, that was a a period in my life that I'm not very proud of, frankly. Uh, but over the last call it 10, years or so as I've matured and I've grown up and I lost a lot of weight at one point and I, I started to have people reacting to me differently. Um, that created a shift within me Whereas, as as I found that I wasn't disliked anymore, I wasn't being put upon, I wasn't, um, I wasn't having those negative experiences all the time, I started to shift, and as I started to shift, people started to shift around me. Uh, And so, I've learned over time that you kind of create your own environment based on how you respond to things and how you act. And then, now, the most dramatic change is I went from that period of starting to mature and grow where, where I developed what I would consider the normal amount of friendships. You have two or three good friendships and a bunch of acquaintances, but not people that you hang out with all the time. That's totally normal. Even one good friend is amazing, right? Absolutely. But now in my life today, because of what we've done with the show, I've I've kind of created a community of trivia lovers. And when I say created, I think more, I think it's probably better to say that what we've done has become a focal point for a lot of people who are just like me. And I've become, through my life, a very open and honest person. And so when I share with all of these people, they resonate with me really well. Um, and so now my life is overflowing with friendships and I mean that I I I literally it's the most amazing feeling and I soak it in I love every minute of it Uh, a couple of weeks ago we had a couple of people who were vacationing in the area maybe 30 minutes away and they called and they wanted to come hang out have something next week where people who live 30 minutes south of us have called and they want to come hang out Um, I had a I threw a party a successful party we had 12 or 13 people and there were people in the pool and there were, it was just, um, it's just been amazing to see the difference now in my life where I feel that in any direction I look in, I feel support and I feel positivity and I feel love. And as a result it can't help but come inside of me and get transformed and pushed back out and so i'm finding that i feel better towards everybody and i love so many more people and i i want to to help and i want to to create positive things and, and create positive experiences for other people and it becomes this really awesome cycle uh that is super powerful And that's the life I'm living in right now as a result of of what's been happening. And so that's just a hugely different life than I ever imagined I would be living.
0: And what I really love about that is that you can you can really see that the whole arc of that, you know, from like you said, from from that sort of child at school and and the whole sort of not going to parties to, you know, having those close friends and those acquaintances that'll come to your house for parties And, and for those listening who um who haven't come across the the podcast before there there are whole meetups aren't they all the way across the us where depend wherever you happen to be sometimes you go meet them and hang out and and have a massive sort of get together with that as well so it's sort of that um immediate um, inclusion and also this sort of extra fan base which then just sort of comes out and supports you as well
1: it's been amazing so for work i've had to travel a little bit and for different conferences i travel and whenever I'm going to be outside of my own area, I let everybody know I'm going to be here. If anybody wouldn't to get together, let's do it. And so I've met friends. I did an Ohio trip. Uh, I met friends all over Ohio. We we had a meetup in Philadelphia. We had a get-together in New Jersey. We did some in New York. i met people in different places in Virginia, Los Angeles. It's just been incredible. I'm doing an L.A. meetup in uh, in November, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, And so, yeah, it's... Think about that. Think about being able to say, hey, I'm going to X place. If there's anybody here, come say hi, let's get together, and let's go play a trivia game, because that's what we do. And in, in almost each place, having... Sometimes it's been as few as four, and a group of four is fabulous. Sometimes it's been as many... We had in Boston... When we were – when the Geek Bowl, which is a giant pub quiz competition, was in Boston this year, uh, I did a meetup, and we had 35 people. And we we actually rented out a space in the uh, original building that inspired the TV show Cheers. It's called the Bull and Finch. And uh, so we had the downstairs room all to ourselves, and we had a room full of people that all had so many things in common. And now – I'm rambling a little bit, but (laughs) – one of my favorite things is all of these people who now they're my friend, but they're friends with each other now, too. They get to know each other. We've had people move across the country to live closer to each other. <laughs> it's It's been insane. It's so cool. And so watching positive relationships spring up in lives all over the country because they met through what we're doing. Oh, man you want to talk about inspiring. I am I'm, I'm in, I get inspired by my audience. It's so awesome. I love it.
0: It's such an amazing journey that and I, and I hope people listening can really sort of if you feel like you're isolated, if you feel like maybe you, you'd like to have more friends or you, you feel like you'd like to be more included in, in what's going on around you. Just listen to that story from that one extreme all the way to, like you said, you know, meeting up all over the country with people and having, you know, friends come around and pool parties and all of that you know life can look very different and it's just a question of how you put yourself out there how you come across and perceive yourself and what you're able to give out because you more than get that back um from those around you so really really great advice there and you talked a little bit about what your school experience was like in terms of that sort of parties and feeling slightly sort of out of sync with everyone else um but what was valuable about your school experience do you think
1: Ah uh, well, learning <laughs> learning how to have a thicker skin, possibly. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I uh, doing a trivia game show. It, it's funny the relationship between what I do for a hobby and hopefully future for a permanent business, uh, and and schooling, because there are so many there are so many tie-ins between wanting to know things and um and whether or not you learned them and so something that i find that i that i look back on fondly about my education experience is i had the the seeds sown for certain things right you don't really when you're in primary education when you're going through elementary school or high school or whatever the case is you don't really have time to dig deep. You don't have time as much as it seems like that's 12 years. You're going to, you're going to be an expert at something. You don't become an expert at anything in high school by the time you're out and, and choose to go to college or not. Um, you're, I say, I say you, I mean me. And to an extent, I believe other people mirror this experience. Um, you're exposed to so many different things. All you're really trying to do is get a semester of exposure to each thing or a firmer grounding in something like English or maths or whatever the case is. But those those chances to study American history or European history or to study physics or to study chemistry, those things, I was able to discover what I'm interested in and what I'm not. And... As I've gotten older I find something like geography I'm starting to really love geography and it's tying back to history because geography determines history a lot of the things that happen in the world happen because of the way people have assigned borders and, and then what resources are on which sides of the borders right uh, and so I find myself going back to my education and realizing, I learned this piece, and I didn't understand how this piece fit into the bigger part of the world, but now I do. Uh, and I really love being able to do that with the things that I was taught um, so long ago.
0: And and which teachers do you remember, and why? And does that sort of tie in with some of those things that you remember from that sort of school
1: experience? You know, the most memorable teacher I had, uh, and he's passed away, sadly. He's Actually, I, I'll, I'll, there's two um the first uh, his name was Mr. Riddell and Mr. Riddell I had in the 11th grade for american history did I have him for american history or world history I think I actually had him in the 10th grade for world history it gets fuzzy the older i get to be <laughs> honest
0: with you okay, I, can, I can relate
1: uh, to that <laughs> <laughs> it really does um he was a challenging man he uh He used to say that he would teach based on the Socratic method, which for him meant that he would lecture for a couple of minutes and then throw questions out to you and expect you to have paid enough attention or to have done the homework to be able to answer the questions. And it puts you on the spot. And it made you pay attention because if you didn't, you were going to look like an idiot in front of everybody, right? Yeah. Um. But I think the thing – that stood out the most about him was he expected you to do the work in a meaningful way so uh, i don't want this to come across poorly but i i believe that there are teachers who are resigned to the fact that they can't control their students right and so they do their best they assign the work they make they put everything in place to help a child be successful if the child uh, embraces it. But if they're, if they don't, it's like, okay, well, I can't, I can't make that happen. Uh, and the difference in Mr. Adele is that he expected you to be operating at a higher level. And if you didn't, you would hear about it. It was not, it was, there was never any give up. It was always a challenge. Uh, and, th- and for me, I'm a, I'm a, like I said, I'm a rebel at heart. I'm a challenging person at heart. That really spoke to me where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm rising up to this challenge. Uh, I remember there's a 10 page paper that was due. I think it must've been 10th grade, um, for his class. And, and I was assigned the topic of the Mexican American, I'm sorry, the Mexican revolution from 1910 to 1920. And I ended up writing 30 pages as a sophomore in high school, because I just got so in depth into it that I couldn't I couldn't not keep writing. I couldn't fit it into 10 pages, and I wasn't a very good editor back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, I I still remember what he wrote on that paper. Uh, I I got a 99 out of 100, and, and on the paper he wrote that it was a Herculean effort. Uh, and it was, it was a great feeling because it was, he knew that I was, I was ca- capable of a lot more than I was giving. And in that moment, I knew that he had respected the work that I did and that, that was really meaningful to me. And, and the other teacher, uh, Ramsey Mead was our, um, was an English teacher for early lit, like, um, ninth grade lit literature. And He was our brain ball coach brain brawl is a is a extracurricular activity, which is like a trivia game where you would even compete on television uh, on the public television shows here in the city and you'd compete against other schools teams. And so I did that for three years, maybe four years, Um, and he was the coach every year and he poured so much of his time into us. He was such a good, good man uh and he sacrificed a lot of his own personal time and i he his efforts really shaped my ability to do what i've done today if if not for him and the time that he poured into us as part of that team i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now uh and so i have a lot of respect for him
0: i i like that on sort on on the two different levels there there's the person
1: that actually
0: you connected with in terms of the content that you were doing like you said a, a, about that particular extracurricular idea and and then from there the personality and the character of that teacher to be able to be something that you admired and, and and really supported you and then and then the first teacher just that ability that it was all about you and your character and what you felt about yourself that he brought out you know it's not even necessarily a passion of that particular subject but them connecting with you as a person and and that seems to be a really important thing that's coming across is I chat to so many people that the sense of you know it's about who you are and your relationship with any teacher or any person that you come in contact with, and sometimes it's on a very sort of subject-based or or. or a theme of something that you're doing in your life and sometimes it's just on a much more sort of um, human level and, and I think actually you're opening your eyes so that you can see all of this happening around you no matter what your circumstances just suddenly starts to give you an idea that life has a big fabric it's a big tapestry of all manner of things that you're learning and it's not just a question about being in school and I'm now learning about um two plus two equals four or i'm learning about where the the the, the river amazon is and or anything like that you know it, it's much more in, in depth in that if you're actually able to appreciate it in that kind of way
1: 100 percent agree
0: who did you admire when
1: you were young you know i uh i i think about this question and i don't really get a satisfactory answer for myself um You know, you want to be able to say your father, right? Uh, For me, I love my father, but my father worked in computers and programming and went to work every day, and when he came home, he was just dad, and we didn't really... I I didn't understand what he was doing or or how his work worked, Uh, and so I never really held him up like that. It's funny, now I do. Now I have worked with the people who were doing the jobs that he did and now i understand what he was doing (laughs) it's funny that way um and I, i think about my older brother but i i i love my older brother but i wanted to be the opposite of my older brother and so i look i look around and try and look to see who my role models were and i i'll be honest i didn't have role models in terms of real life people um I found the people, the things that I would resonate with the most in terms of who I admired would be characters and books. Um, I was always attracted in in reading towards the the noble people, to the to, to not not nobility, but to people who had a noble manner of being. So I'd read books about like um, like King Arthur, or I'd be uh, books about knights or heroes or, or whoever. And those were the people that I would look up to in, in any given genre. I was always looking up to fictional characters who espoused the traits that I wanted to have. And and so it's, it's funny. I can't really say, hey, this person, that was my role model, or that's who I looked up to. But it was more about people that I discovered, even fictional characters that I discovered um, in my reading.
0: I think I think that's a brilliant answer because I think there there must be loads of people out there who who feel the same. You know, they'd like to have um, a person in their life that they're able to share things with or look up to. But I I can think about conversations I've had with people and and they you know they escaped into literature they escaped into music they escaped into into the arts or something where they found something which was in there and it and sometimes it's impactful mainly because it's always there it gives you a place you can always go to because they are reliable you know you know that characters in that book you know that journey and it gives you a sense of something which you're craving for whatever that happens to be and so um, no I think that's a great answer I think there'll be loads of people out there who can really identify with that and and really um, take some solace from it as well, I think. You know, that's the thing about life. It's absolutely different for everybody. And so you look around. You take the things that you can see. You you feel the things that you feel. And then if it's good and it, it gives you something, then you go with it. And, and that's all you can do because everyone's circumstances are different. So, no, I, I absolutely love that.
1: You know, what I've, what I've found interesting as I've gotten older, and I wish that I'd gotten into these when I was younger, uh, but biographies – The biographies of great people are incredible for someone like me who related to literary characters who were fictional. If I had been reading biographies of real people that were the type of people that I wanted to look up to, I think it would have been more meaningful for me. Uh, In my my 30s, as I read biographies of Winston Churchill and Teddy Roosevelt and uh, other great people who have done great things. I find myself now as an adult being inspired by those because it's not a fictional character. It's not, it's not somebody's imagination. It's a real person who had real struggles and real problems and real weaknesses and still overcame or still accomplished great things in spite of those weaknesses. That's the kind of thing that inspires me today uh, and and people that I look up to today, as a result of of that mindset.
0: Yeah, and I think in this um, day and age of um, you know social media and all that kind of thing everyone's trying to put their their best face on aren't they i'm doing this i'm doing that this has been brilliant for me but actually that authenticity and that vulnerability of being able to share the struggles in the journey to get where you are i think speaks to people in in a in a much more truthful way and i think like i say if you can get that across in a biography an autobiography then then those things really do connect to you because i think that's what everyone
1: can relate to i agree
0: um what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you
1: Um, I, I have to go back to my father on this one because he really, really helped me out with this piece of advice. When I was a teenager, I must've been 17 or 18 at the time. And I had, I had somehow miraculously found myself in a, in a, a friendship <laughs> right? uh, and so there was a, a girl who lived down the street her name was Casey and Casey and I were inseparable for probably six months six it feels like it was so much longer than that but it was probably six to eight months uh, and we were we would do everything together and one night we were out late and it wasn't a school night or anything like that. It was a weekend, but it was late, late, late. And so we were out gallivanting and doing whatever until two or three in the morning. And it wasn't like we were going to parties and getting in trouble. We were literally like walking around the neighborhood just talking. You know, we we did we did go like a long way away because we walked for so long. But we were we were just talking. And I I came back and I found my father sitting in the living room, he was just sitting there awake, waiting for me. And he asked me where I'd been. And I told him, I told him everything. I told him where I was, what we were doing. I told him how far we went. Um, Just was really open and he really looked surprised. And the surprise on his face was because I didn't tell the truth that often back then. I was I was definitely a dishonest person in my teenage years. I would, and I was good at it. I was such a quality liar, <laughs> uh, and so he could tell that I was telling the truth, and he was stunned. And he stopped and he said, "Okay, Jonathan, listen. I'm really irritated with you, and and I I was I mean I'm just obviously." I'm awake this late, I'm waiting for you, and if you ever do this again, these are gonna be the consequences. But, because you just told me the truth, I want to acknowledge that and say thank you, and so I'm gonna let this be a warning, don't do it again. And he went to bed. And that moment has stuck with me through my entire life because I discovered at that point in time, it became very real for me, that it was easier to be honest and it was more it was more beneficial to be honest because honesty got me a better result than the best lie i could have told and that started my path towards transforming away from being a dishonest person into being someone who's almost 100% honest the, the only dishonesty i have in me now is when i might try and make somebody feel good if if there there's a situation right. It's a it's a positive kind of, okay. I'm gonna say this thing that I may not fully believe because I want to help this person out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I I tell people the hardest things. I reveal the hardest things, and I find that my life is significantly better because I'm not trying to remember what I said to someone. I can just count on it having been the honest truth and as long as I remember the truth I'm good to go.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant and and I think that that sort of connection that you get with the honesty isn't it and and then when you get that feedback back from the person you've been honest with, and then you really understand that life can be so much different <laughs> and um yeah, I think that's a really lovely story I think that's uh, some really insightful things there which i'm I really love the fact that it has such an impact from there on in as well you know it's it was one night on one day, but then it just takes on a whole new meaning for the rest of your life it's uh, It's a really a really great thing to hold
1: on to. You know, it really was a tipping point. The way you described it is is a hundred percent true. There was a before that moment and there was an after that moment. And it took a while for people to see. But that was it was that impactful.
0: And what advice would you give your younger self now?
1: Oh man. Hold on.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly, um, my younger self had it rough. It was rough. Um, I contemplated suicide more than once. I... Uh, I... At at one point in my life, I believed that it could not get better. Uh, I remember... I remember my 21st birthday. I remember it very clearly. Uh, I was sitting um let me give you just a tiny bit of background in my personality i'm i'm a strong personality and i'm not a needy personality i'm i'm very much the kind of person that if i need to go it alone i can go it alone um and on my 21st birthday i was sitting in my bedroom and i was alone and i was so alone and the weight of that moment really hit me. And I found myself. I, I actually, uh, my mother called to wish me happy birthday, and we were talking. And I found myself, I ended up kind of breaking down and crying. And I was sobbing because I was so lonely and I was so disappointed in the way that my life had gone. And so I, like, literally, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the antithesis of someone you would imagine crying to their mother on the phone. That's the only time in my life that that's ever happened that I can ever think of crying to anybody, but it happened because I was in such pain. And so I would literally advise myself to hold on because you can't, you can't change a lot of the things about yourself and you can't, I mean, a lot of those experiences are part of who i am you know one of the reasons why i can connect to people today in such a meaningful way is that i've experienced the pain of loneliness and so it means something to me to be able to take that pain away from somebody or to to be friends with somebody in a way where they're not expecting it that's that's powerful and so i didn't i, I don't think i would want at this point to go back and change that because then I couldn't do some of the things that I'm doing, but I would tell myself to hold on because life changes so drastically from one year to the next or five years or 10 years in 20 years, you can literally transform your life in 10 years. You can transform your life. It's it. just hold on and keep going. That's the advice I would give myself.
0: I really, really like that. And I think it gives a lot of hope and a lot of perspective um, for so many people. And I think if you can if you can see all of these struggles that you may be going through and almost helicopter look at it from above, and no matter how painful it is, if you can see it as a gift, if you can see it as part of that journey, because you don't know where that's going and you don't know what those um, emotions and, and those um, experiences are going to give you, um, it might be the greatest gift you could possibly have. And um, it's really difficult to see that in the time. But I think what you said there, hold on and just keep getting through it the next day and the next day. And um, and even though it might feel hard to enjoy the ride, um, it is a ride, isn't it, from that sense, I think. And I think, if, like you said, if you can just hold on and get through it, just see what tomorrow in the next year or two has to offer. And and then when you look back on it, then you can share this great advice as as you are now with with everybody and just really help other people who may be going through the same sorts of things. I think that's really great advice.
1: You know, something that I I, as I as you get older, it's easier. uh, In a sense, at least it has been for me, like I've gone through different negative things and and it wasn't too long ago i think it was in the last year i had something really negative happen and w- what you described kind of with the helicopter view that's exactly how i felt as it was happening i i was like okay I, I looked down at it and was like okay this is gonna pass this is gonna change things are gonna be unfortunate for a while but it's not the end of the world and even if it's the end of something it doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of everything. And just let just live in it. Just live in it, let it happen, and figure out what's what the new situation is afterwards. And I, I remember exactly what it was now. And I won't go into the details of that, but I gave myself that exact advice. It helped me through it. Um, it made it much easier, actually, because the experience of the past taught me that the situations that are negative in the moment aren't the end of the world.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. I can I can really I can really really identify with that in terms of in terms of my life as well and I think um so many people listening are going to be resonating with that and um and be able to hold that really really close to their hearts too. So looking forward now, what does your future look like?
1: Well, I'm um... It, it's a great question for me because I just announced what I hope is a life-changing kind of thing um, Like I said, I've, I've been in business for my whole life, and, and I've really worked my way up You know, it's I, I live a good life now um, I have a good financial outlook. I've put in my time. I earned my education. I have an MBA uh, but I started this show on the side with Trivial Warfare, and it's grown, and it's being supported by so many people. And I, f- I found myself being challenged in the sense that I was taking it easy, or that's not the right word, because I was working too hard to say I was taking it easy, but I was taking the easy way out and just saying, I'm gonna let things happen the way they happen, and this will never be a full-time business because of these reasons, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I wasn't challenging myself to get it where where it could be. And various things have happened that have led me to change that outlook. And so a couple of weeks ago, actually it's September first, I announced that my goal is to make trivial warfare a full time endeavor within the next two years. And as part of that, I changed our business model. Uh, which has been 100% donation-based. There were rewards that that were good rewards that people would want, uh, specifically the ability to come on the show uh, has driven success up until this point. But I made a change where we're changing to a a free model and premium model of episodes, where if you want to hear everything, you need to be donating. Uh, And so that's a it, it was a big risk. It is a big risk. Uh, you risk alienating your audience. You risk losing your audience. Uh, you risk alienating your community and all those things. And so I made that announcement and the response has been fantastic. In the first uh, few weeks here, uh, people are really supportive of what I've described and what I say that I want to do. And that's an amazing feeling. Uh, and so I I'm hopeful that within two years, Um, we will grow to the point where I can actually leave my corporate job and produce the show full time. And if, if that is possible, if I am able to do that, then we're going to expand what we're doing dramatically, uh, because I'll be working on it. It's not like, Hey, I'm full time and now I'm relaxing and doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. No, it, it's, it's going to be something where I'm producing all new types of content, um, as a result of being able to work on it all the time. Uh, and so I'm really hopeful and I'm looking forward to the chance to do that. Uh, but we will see. I'm, I'm a conservative, conservative person when it comes to my finances. And so I'm not going to make a decision that's bad for me or bad for my kid. Um, but I've put in the work and I'm putting in the work and I desire an outcome. And so I've, I've made my bed, I've, I've made my play and now I'm going to work towards it and we're going to see what happens.
0: I'm really excited for you because I know all the hard work that you've been putting in and um, and I know how um, difficult these things are sometimes. But it really is just the fact that, you know, you can create your future. And sometimes, like you say, it unfolds and it happens naturally. And sometimes you just know there's something that you have to do that just gives it another impetus. And so, um Yeah I think that's a really interesting um, place to be just to be able to that I know inside me somewhere I need to do it slightly differently or I've at least got to try that's the thing I don't know the outcome definitely but I know I need to try and I think to have a future that looks like that is exciting and also fulfilling and and also living the life that you want to live on your terms which I think is probably the key for so many people if they can possibly get to that point so yeah I'm really excited to see where that goes
1: you and me both brother <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just as we as we start to as we start to finish off then um what podcast or book video film song or, or any resources had the the biggest impact on your life and, and why was that
1: uh you know i'm i'm gonna give you three uh you know what though it, it's probably not fair to but to i'm thinking in terms of podcasts specifically um you know what? I'm going to, I am literally going to change my answer right here on the spot. So, obviously, <laughs> the right answer for me is my own. Trivial Warfare has changed my life more than anything ever has changed my life. But a close second to Trivial Warfare is the Dale Carnegie book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I remember when I first picked up that book, I had heard of it in my teenage years. And God, I wish I had read it in my teenage years, but I was way to want to be cool to read a book called how to win friends and influence people when I was, uh, when I was a teenager. And obviously I say want to be cool because I was definitively not cool. (laughs) Um, so I picked it up in my late twenties, early thirties, I think. And it is a life changing book. It's not what you think it must be from the outside when you read it. And he talks about chapter after chapter of business experiences and how people are able to accomplish what they want to accomplish through um, giving people what it is that they need. Essentially, if I I could summarize that book in just a couple of sentences, it's the idea that if you want to get what you want to get out of life, you need to give to other people what they want to get out of life. And if you give to them the thing they need, then they will more than happily give you what you need. And that's, that's, I mean, obviously that's a highly general synopsis, but it changed my framework as a a selfish person in general. You know what I mean? We're all a little bit selfish. It changed my framework so that I started paying more attention to other people's needs and other people's desires and what other people wanted. And started taking more action to support those things it could be as simple as yeah here's a, a tiny little example a teeny tiny example but I was on the I was chatting with someone recently and I found out they were in the hospital and it made me sad that they were in the hospital right and I thought to myself you know if I was in the hospital the thing that would strike me most is kind of feeling alone and kind of being depressed that I'm there in the hospital and, and kind of away from my life, right? And so while I was chatting with that person, I ordered flowers and sent on behalf of the show. So not only is it just me, but I've I've roped in other people that I know love this person and want to see good things for them. And I addressed it from all of us. And so the next day, that person got flowers while they were in the hospital. And something as simple as that, I know that I've added joy and acceptance and love into that person's life with just the simplest act. And that kind of thing, that that kind of action is something that I learned from that book, is pushing into other people and giving to other people. And that action and those actions reciprocate in such a meaningful way that it creates that cycle that I was describing earlier. And so I credit that book with a huge influence on my personality um over the last 10 years
0: yeah i couldn't agree anymore i've read that book and, and you're absolutely right it's it's not what you think it is when you when you set out on that journey but it it just is so impactful in so many ways and i think you you summarized it perfectly there. that that in, in essence is exactly what it is what's the best way for people to find out more especially you've been talking about your podcast and and everything what's the best way for people to to find out more listen to the podcast and connect with you
1: uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. If if you're listening to this show, you're obviously a podcast listener. So on your podcast app, if you search the word Trivial Warfare, you'll find us first. If you search the word Trivia, we'll be pretty close to the top. Um, on any of the social media channels, we would be at Trivial Warfare. Uh, you'll find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I think if you like trivia, if you like the idea of listening to a game show, I uh, and specifically one that's going to make you laugh and one that's going to make you think, uh, there's a community of people that are out there that are probably just like you search for trivial warfare army in Facebook and you'll find the trivial warfare army Facebook group. And in that group, you will find 2000 plus of the best people in the world who love trivia, celebrate being smart without being jerks about it. And, uh, it's it's an awesome community and we are always looking for more people to be a part of our community oh that's
0: brilliant um um, thank you jonathan for sharing your wisdom and allowing us to learn from your experiences
1: uh it's been my pleasure to talk to you mark this has been a thoroughly enjoyable experience
0: thanks for listening to the learning on fire podcast for more information please visit educationonfire.com and follow the links from the homepage. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.